Hypocrisy's the best policy. Wish for change, but lazily. Century of debilitation. Your evolution is a damnation. You know what that music means. What's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and welcome to season three of HV Pucks. I'm proud to say this is the only independent outlet dedicated to covering the sport of hockey in our region. What separates me from the mainstream is that you do not need a newspaper or cable TV subscription to access my content. It is available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. HV Pucks is underwritten by the healthcare law firm of Einiger and Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, to promote youth sports and various health initiatives in our local communities. And before we drop the puck on this week's episode, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after this. Without any more further ado, the 45th President of the United States of America. Thank you. Thank you. I know you love me. Listen, I don't want to talk about the NFL. I don't want to talk about Rocket Man. I don't want to talk about Hillary. I'd like to talk about HV Bucks. I mean, it's fantastic. And it's available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. Okay. You know, one of the things I enjoy the most about hosting this podcast is when I get to sit down with players, coaches, parents, and fans to talk pucks. This week's In the Box segment is sponsored by the Ice Hutch, located at 655 Garden Avenue in Mount Vernon, New York. Founded in 1997, the Ice Hutch serves the skating community all year round by offering lessons for all levels, weekly public skating, figure skating, and hockey sessions. The Ice Hutch also features hockey leagues in the spring and fall each year for players seeking a highly competitive experience. Give them a call today at 914-699-6787 or check them out online anytime at www.icehutch.com. I now invite you to sit back, relax, and enjoy as I chat with Billy Collins. Billy is the head coach of the Pearl River Pirates. Enjoy. Hey, what's going on, everybody? It's your boy Trav, aka Five Minute Major, and I'm pleased to be joined by Billy Collins. He is the head coach of the Pearl River Pirates, and he has taken some time out this Thanksgiving weekend to chat with me. I really do appreciate it. How's it going today, Coach? It's going great. Thanks for having me. Uh, Best place on the web right here. <laughs> and we're we're we're. I'm in my studio here at 7-Eleven in Pearl River in my car because that's the only quiet place I could find. So uh, we're in a studio called the Hyundai Elantra. So um, <laughs> you know, if you want to come down and get a dollar of small coffee at 7-Eleven, uh, I'll be here. That is, and, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's a very tempting offer. Podcast, hashtag, hashtag podcast host problems. I had a very busy house 
this morning as well. So I had to wait for everybody to, to vacate before we could start the interview. Um, first of all, uh, Billy, congratulations on coaching that Pearl River 11U softball team to that New York State championship this past summer. That's huge. Well, thank you. Thank you a lot. Um, I never thought I'd be coaching softball, but when you have three daughters, then you go from baseball to softball. So after a, lo- a lot of years coaching baseball, I got into softball and um and the Pearl River 11-year-old girls did a great job, and, and uh, it was a thrill on a lot of levels, uh, especially when you get to coach your own kid and be part of their um, a season like that with your own kids. So it's uh, you know, created a lot of good memories for all the kids. I was it was gonna, a lot of fun. I was going to say, it has to be absolutely an amazing experience. So that's a perfect segue into one of my first questions. I know you're entering your fourth year as bench boss for the Pirates, but how did you actually get your start into coaching hockey? Um, basically it goes back to when I was a freshman in high school. Let's go back to 1980. And, um, I think for a lot of kids, I'm not, I'm not, uh, an aberration here, but, uh, a lot of kids got super excited when USA won the Olympics in 1980. Sure. And, uh, I grew up in Manhattan until fifth grade and we moved to the large Montmartre Avenue area in, uh, sixth grade. So me and a bunch of my friends got super excited, and we went to the Five and Dime, the Larchmont store, and they had cheap street hockey sticks, and then we would just grab the stick, we bought sticks, and then we would just play, you know, without equipment, and we would just horse around, and we'd be, we loved it so much, we'd do it morning, noon, and night, and in the freezing cold, there was nothing better to do. Uh, obviously, back then, there was less options as far as being indoors, nowadays, you got cable and computers and everything, there's a lot of fun things for kids to do indoors, but back then... If you weren't outdoors, you were bored. So, uh, and then Coach Mike Schiaparelli was the JV hockey coach at Mamaroneck. And uh, he used to umpire a lot of baseball games, so he knew who I was from baseball. And then he would say, oh, you know, when you get into ninth grade, you got to play hockey. you got to play hockey. And I never skated. I never played hockey in my life. I didn't have any equipment. So ninth grade comes around, and he puts some pressure on me, and then my dad puts pressure on me, and he hmm. says, you know, you told him you were going to play, and you right. can't back down now. And mm-hmm. I said, I don't have any equipment. The so chef said, we got equipment. Gave me all the goalie equipment from the school. And back then, you know, goalies didn't buy all their own equipment. It was given to you by the school. Huh. So I had these pads with the padding, you know, fluffed out. Because, you know, I was the newest goalie, so I got the worst pads. Right. So, um, so I played for four years. And after that, I went to Manhattan College. And, and I really loved it and had such a great experience at the Marinette. Um uh, two years of JV and two years of varsity with Shap. Shap moved up when I moved up, so I was on Shap. Shap, uh, Mike Shaparelli's first varsity ice hockey team. Nice. Um, and Doc Minoff was the assistant coach. So you know, and they're both doing it. And 35 years later, yeah. And uh, and I I uh, was going to Manhattan College, so I was commuting, and I said uh, to Shap, you know, I'd still like to volunteer and, and get on the ice and help out the goalies or whatever. So he said, yeah. We have a varsity B team going, so why don't you help Doc do it? And Doc was the varsity B coach for a bunch of years. I did that, and then I went from there. And then years later, after I got into the public schools in New Rochelle, I, I was the first Kennedy Catholic uh, varsity coach hmm. for their first inaugural year. Right. And then um, I went to it – was, it was rough, though, because I was living in New Rochelle, and we play up in Brewster, so that was a rough commute. So then I switched to Bronxville. For four years, when Bronxville was a uh, single team, you know, a, a standalone team, they weren't combined. Right. And then as things went, um, 
my nephews were growing up in the Marinette and wanted to play hockey. And then Schaap needed a modified coach. So he asked me if I wanted to do the modified. And so I, I went and did the modified and uh, was with Mamaronix Modified and JV for a bunch of years. And then for the last four years, I've been with Pearl River. So there's a lot, of, there's a lot in there, but, uh, you know, you know, probably my, uh, my dad and my, and Schaap got me, pushed me into hockey because you, I was certainly very nervous as a kid who never played hockey to, to be on a team with kids that were playing travel and everything. But I did well, and, and we had a lot of fun, and I fell in love with the sport, and, and I've been coaching mo- on and off, mostly on with Mamar, uh, not with Mamaronic, but in Section 1 since probably 1992 or so, so uh, in different places and stuff. So I'm thrilled to be in Pearl River now. That's where I live, and, and uh, it's great to coach in your hometown. Uh, you know, that it is a very extensive history and background. I had no idea. Um can you describe your team? I mean, I've seen them play a bunch of times, Coach, but can you describe your team in five words or less? Uh, I would say enthusiastic, excited, and hungry. I think they they see us as, uh, I think we see ourselves as a team that can um, not only become one of the stronger programs in D2, but also maintain it. Mm. We have 27 players this year. Nice. Um we have, we now, where in the past we used to just take every ninth grader through 12th grader to fill out the varsity team because we just needed numbers. Right. Now we have a situation where the modified team can be a true modified team and be 7th, 8th, and ninth grade, you know, and we'll, you know, if there's a couple really good travel kids, we'll take a, a ninth grader. We even have an 8th grader this year on the team who's really talented. But, um, but for the most part, we want to keep the modified strong. We don't want to cherry-pick everyone like we've been doing out of there. Sure. So this way they can compete, and they want to win. You know, I know modified's not about winning and losing, but the kids like to, to succeed and do well. And um, so so it just makes the modified stronger. It gives ninth graders an opportunity to play more, where if they were on the varsity, they would get very minimal playing time. Mm-hmm. So it's a nice situation, and we're proud of the fact that in the last four years we went from uh, 16 players to 17 players to last year we had 25 and this hmm. year we have 27 and we'll probably move some of the kids to to modify and get the roster down to like 24 23 i mean that's definitely some solid progress and i have to say coach i like what i see from your club i wholeheartedly agree with the adjectives that you used and i'm hoping that the success you experienced last year will continue into um the 2018-2019 season. What excites you the most? I know you touched on it a little bit in your previous answer, but what excites you the most about this team? Uh, the depth. This is the first year we've really had depth in all positions. Mm-hmm. Um, in the, my first few years, it was, you know, your, your best players were on the penalty kill. Your best players were on the power play. And then you double shift them. And then, you know, when you have a situation in a small school or a small team where your best kids are better at 75% than your second line is at 100%, then it's, you know, it's not really optimal. You really want to have leverage. So, so let's say a, a player does something uh, egregious, takes a bad penalty. Well, now, now we have much better leverage as far as, okay, you know what? You did something that was undisciplined you're going to sit the next shift and you let one of the fourth liners take that kid next, next shift. And right. So things like that are, are important in keeping things, keeping everyone in check. Um, you know, you, you, you want them to do what they're supposed to do. They're going to make mental mistakes. They're going to make physical mistakes. 
but uh, you just don't want them to do undisciplined things like take a two or three minute shift and then you mess up all the lines and all that other stuff. So sometimes if you can do that, where it was harder, to, it's harder to do that when you don't have the depth. So right. uh, you reward the kids that are, are waiting there patiently and then you can always, I don't want to say punish, but you know, show them, hey, there's going to be repercussions if, if, you're, if you're doing things that might be selfish or undisciplined. Sure. Which doesn't happen often, but right, you no. know we got a real group, great group of kids. But it happens, and and it's supposed to happen, and it's a learning process, and it's done. Any any time someone does something like that, it's done with. You forget about it. You learn from it. Right. You don't forget about it, but you learn from it, and then hopefully it doesn't happen again. But you don't hold any grudges, and and everyone moves on. Exactly. One more question, coach, before we just take a quick break. Who are some of the players to watch on your squad? Uh, well. My first year, Sean O'Connor and Matt Lotto were the only two freshmen that even came out for the team. So now they're seniors and they're okay. captains. Nice. And, and uh, after this being my fourth year, they, they're they well aware of how, how I like things done and, and what my emphasis is on as far as attitude and how to handle yourself uh, off the ice, how to handle yourself in the locker room, during games, after games. You know, when things get frustrating... You don't blame referees. You don't blame the other team. You don't take retaliatory penalties and all that stuff. So, right. so um, they're going to be great leaders, uh, I'm sure, because they they're well aware of, of what it takes. Um, so those two guys. Then we have Matt Galgano and Pat Brown as as juniors. Then we have two very uh, talented underclassmen. We have Luke McGee, who who's a transfer from Don Bosco, nice. who plays uh, for the Hitmen. Nice. So he's very talented. And then we have Tommy Cortelli, who plays for the Colonials, who's also extremely talented. So we got some really good young talent. We got some smart upperclassmen. So it's a nice mix. So those, you know, and there's a lot of other players I'm, uh, you know, I should probably mention, but yeah. those are the ones that pop into my head. What about? I just want to ask you quickly. How about goaltending? Since especially you were a goaltender, which I had no idea yeah. of. Yeah, I was a goalie at Mamanic. Um, uh, yeah, we have Aiden O'Connor, who right. this is only his second full season of hockey, but right. he's a ba- he's a baseball player. So there's things I see in him that 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 kind of reflect of, of what kind of kid I was. I was a baseball kid, and, and uh, you know, so I had a good glove hand. And he's the same way, and he's really athletic, and uh, um, he makes some amazing saves. And then he's gotten much better at making the saves he's supposed to make. So. Yeah work on the consistency you know he'll last year sometimes he would make an incredible acrobatic save yep. and something would flutter in between his leg and the post and you say oh geez you know but that comes with experience sure and he's such a hard worker and he walked works in the off season and he played some spring league and he came to the preseason workout so he's he's all in and he's only a sophomore so he's got uh, a lot of upside and he did a great job last year as someone who was just a first year goalie and then we have Colin Regenhardt, who's also a young goalie, he's a sophomore. Good. So, um, you know, it, it, it's uh, you can't put a price on goaltending. No, you know? not at all. It's so important. I'm a firm believer again in building a team from the net out. So, I'm, I'm. This is your boy Travin. I'm chatting with Billy Collins. He is the head coach of the Pro River Pirates. This is HV Pucks. We're gonna take a quick break, and we'll be right back after this. This is Kamal Ryan DeHagia, and you're listening to HV Pucks, available for free on Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now, back to the show. So, Coach, what are your thoughts on the new leagues in Section 1? It looks like the powers that be decided to realign and only go with uh, three leagues this year instead of the traditional four or five. 
um, I like it. I don't, I don't think it's a big deal, really. Um, I don't know if people realize, like, everyone has mandatory games, which is just one league game. So there's, what, seven teams or eight teams in a league. So right. you're obligated to, BOCES will schedule those seven games for you. Mm-hmm. And then after that, you're on your own. Mm, so, interesting. Um, I, it, didn't, it is a, I didn't know how that works. So thank you for explaining that. I had no idea how that worked. Yeah, so like in our situation, we are in League 3, and there's League 2, and there's League 1, and, uh, you know, if you're playing pretend, you say that they're not power leagues, but they are, and, um, you know, League 1 is, is the strongest, uh, you know, the Mamaronic, the powerhouses, the, the perennial teams that are almost always in the, in this, in the section finals, right. Mamaronic, Pelham Rye, uh, Suffern, Suffer, North yep. Rockland, sure. I think Scarsdale's mm-hmm. in there, yep. but... Um, so, so that's the toughest division, and then you got two, and, and then three, and um, so two and three are somewhat comparable, but three would obviously be uh, the lower end. But we're in three, and uh, you know, I just figure we didn't win the league last year, so there's no reason to move up. Right. If we do well this year, we'll, we'll hopefully move up. Sure. Um, but if not, then we stay. But the the good thing about it that I like about it is um, we got our seven games for the league. Uh, I'm not really concerned about a league championship or anything. I'm, what you try to do, as far as I'm concerned as a coach, is try to make a schedule that if you could project, you would wind up at about 500. Right. I mean, we could we could try to find the worst teams outside of Section 1 that we can play and try to get a 16-4 and four record and walk around and say that we're so great because we're 16-4, and four, but that's what's the joy in that? Right. And, and there's, the learning curve is not good. So what we did was we scheduled four League One teams. We got Rye, Pelham, North Rockland, and Suffern on our schedule. So those are four really strong teams that would like to compete with and, you know, would love to beat them, but uh, would love to compete with them and sure. see where we stand with them. They're a great measuring stick because they're really good. And then we have a bunch of League Two teams that we're playing, and then we're also in the – we'll talk about it later, I guess, but – um. The, the Pelham tournament, we're sure. playing St. Mary's and Harvey. Yep. And then uh, we have two open slots. Uh, unfortunately, Somers North Salem had to cancel their season. Yeah, door. that's Looking very unfortunate. Looking over un- there and then an, and another team uh, overbooked. So we uh looking to fill in two. And, and, and li- like I said, we try to put a thought into it. Right. Um, you know, and you also want to be careful. You don't want to overbite and then wind up not making the playoffs because all you did was play these top-notch teams that you really, you know, you, you thought you could compete with, but you really couldn't, and then you, you get some upsets along the way, and then you don't make the playoffs. So it, it, every team wants, I think, should shoot for a, a really hard schedule, and that's why the teams like Suffern and Pelham and Mamaronek will go upstate because sure. they, they, they have their own thing going on down here, and then they want to go upstate for several reasons, and they'll go up there to play really good competition and make right. themselves better and part of it's camaraderie and the third part is if they win the section they want to see what else is up there and how they compare with them and and they get game film and then they'll you know swap game films if they're friendly with each other and if not if they're not they'll say they lost their game film and not give it to each other <laughs> but for the most part for the most part even the, the coaches that are uh, uh not the best of friends they'll they'll share with each other because they all want to see 
Section sure. one do well in the states as as they've done in the past, which is great. Yeah, um, inter- yeah, it's interesting that uh, I didn't had no idea that Bosey's does the the minimal number of games, and then it's kind of on the coaches to do uh, the rest of the work. And I agree with you. I, I like the uh, alignments. I think they're they're fair and they're they're equitable. Um, let me ask you a question because you talked a little bit about this in a previous answer. What impact do you think that having let's say two minute penalties will have? You know, just overall in the state, you know, more importantly, section one. But how does that impact a team having two minute penalties instead of minute and a half? It's huge because in the past, like I said, when when you have a, when you don't have a deep team, you can put your best four guys out there, and 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 a lot of times when you put your best four guys out there against the other team's power play, you you could score a lot of goals. I mean, you got a minute and a half, and and a lot of these kids play a lot of hockey, and they're in great shape. So a minute and a half. They can do, and they might be a little gassed at a minute and a half, and then get off. But um, but now you really have to develop two power plays and sure. two penalty killing units. Yep. You can't just run out your best guys all the time, and uh, and and I mean, I guess you can, but they're going to be gassed at a, at the minute and fifteen second uh, if they're working hard, right. or a minute and thirty, and then um, and then you're in trouble. So so now now coaches uh, teams that have more depth are going to do a little better. And the teams that don't have a lot of depth are going to exhaust themselves, especially if it's a penalty-filled game. Yeah, you know, and and sometimes it's on the team because they're taking too many penalties, and sometimes it's a whistle-happy ref that's calling a lot of things, mm. and then you're, you're <laughs> constantly on your, uh, you know, your special teams units are out there all day, all day. Right, right. Um, interesting, interesting. Um, you know, you talked before about the calendar. You talked before about the schedules and the leagues. Is there a game that you consider to be the biggest game of the season, Coach? Not for Pearl River. Not not so much. Um, the only one would be Tappan Zee, right? And that's more because we share the same. We were both in Orangetown, and in all other sports and everything, there's a rivalry. So okay. it's, a, it's a school school rivalry. Sure, I don't know sure. if it's so much a big time hockey rivalry, right. but definitely the kids will say in the locker room. You know, I know so. You know, they all know each other. So it's like I don't. I don't want this kid coming to my house and talking about how they beat us. We can't lose this game. Right. We got to beat them. No way. We got to. We can lose the TZ. Right. You know right. all that stuff. So they don't. They. So there's a lot of. Uh, they put a lot of pressure on themselves because sure. they don't want to hear it. And they probably, hopefully, don't. But hopefully, they probably do. Crow <laughs> a little bit about it. Right. You know, either on social media or or when they see their friends. Ah, we beat you. We beat you. The last year was good. Last year we played them twice and uh, we split with them. So okay. it was a few years before Tappan Zee beat a, a Pearl River team. So they, they they had a nice win against us early in the season and then we got a little revenge. So we're looking forward to playing them twice this year and, nice. and having two good games against them. But it's, it's, it's a friendly rivalry. I wouldn't say there's nothing contentious or nasty about it. The coaches are friendly with each other and, and stuff like that. There's like a, it's a mutual respect, in other words. You touched yeah. on this a little bit earlier, and you mentioned Doc Minoff's name in uh, your first answer. I, I'm looking at the, the calendar right now and the schedule. I know that you were invited to participate in the uh, Pelham's Fabulous 21 uh, tournament. Uh, you mentioned earlier you're going to be playing um, Harvey. And uh, was it Saint, is it St. Mary's, you said? St. Mary, yeah. I don't know yep. anything about them. I yeah. just haven't heard. They're out of they're out of the Buffalo area. Um, right, I knew there was a St. Mary in St. in, in Staten Island, but yep. I knew we weren't playing. Them. No, yeah, these guys, these boys are coming down from uh, the Buffalo area. I think there's like you know Ed usually gets four or five, six teams to come down. Um, should be good. I'm definitely looking forward to it. Um, so, what are your yeah, thoughts? We're 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 very pleased that Ed uh, uh, invited us. Nice. Yeah. You know, it's uh, 
it was, you know, originally called, what was the first one called? The, the Great Eight? Great, it was the Great Eight, and then it was the Great Eight plus one. Then it grew to Fabulous 15. Now it's Fabulous 21. I mean, it's unbelievable. Fabulous 21. Yeah. Right. So we, we're, we're jumping the gun, and we're happy to be a Fabulous 21 team. Um, so we're going to go in there and work our butts off and, uh, and, and give them hell. So uh, we appreciate being invited to such a, uh, probably the most prestigious tournament in the state. Uh, having so many teams, and, you know, it's, it's a big deal. Most tournaments are four teams. Right. You play each other twice and you skedaddle. So yeah. this is nice. And uh, we'll also probably stick around and watch some of the other teams. You could always uh, learn by watching as well. Absolutely. Ed did me a solid, and he he invited me to be the uh, guest public address announcer and in-house DJ for the first weekend. So I'm doing uh, Friday, November 30th, and Saturday, December 1st. I want to say I'm doing seven games altogether. However, my counterpart in uh, the Buffalo area, Melissa Brody, a.k.a. Icing the Fed, is coming down the second weekend, Billy, and she is doing all 11 games of the tournament. So That's great. But you know what? But that's what she does for a living on top of running uh, an empire you know, up in Section 6. She you know, does that at the Harbor Center. So it'll be a nice treat for all of us to see her in action. Um, I'm chatting with Billy Collins. He is the bench boss for the Pearl River Pirates. This is your boy, Trav. We're going to take one more quick break, and we'll be right back after this. This is Mike Chaparelli from Mounting Tigers. You're listening to HV Pucks, available free at Google Play, iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Now back to the show. So I'm chatting with Billy Collins, the head coach of the Pearl River Pirates. Um, Billy, can I ask you, what's your favorite memory or moment as a coach so far? You could talk about, you know, during your Pearl River time or certainly as your time working in the Mamaroneck program too. Is there, I'm sure there's more than one, but is there anything that just stands out in your mind that you could share with us? Well, there's, there's two. Uh, obviously, uh, seeing Mamaroneck win a state championship sure. after being involved with them for yeah. for such a long time, right? And and my nephew playing on it, and yep, yep. his Michael. buddy Tommy Spiro sure. uh, played big parts in that. So, um, uh, you know, watching watching them win that state championship was was unbelievable. It was Westchester's first state championship ever. Yep. yep. And um, you know, four months before that, I decided to move on and go to Pearl River. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I live in Pearl River, and, and coaching with Mamaroneck was just got to be too much uh i teach in new rochelle so it would be like i'd get out of work at three then i'd have a nine thirty practice so i wasn't coming home i was killing six hours after school so after my nephew made the varsity team uh the pearl river job opened up and i said this is perfect timing so i i, I came to pearl river and uh i all in at pearl river but at the same time it was uh it was great to see all the kids that i coached uh, except for one, Schreiber was the only one that never played JV uh, win a state championship. So that was that was one seeing those kids win the state championship. Yeah. And uh, at Pearl River, I think we, you know, every once in a while you have a statement win. And uh, at my first year here, we got <clears throat> smoked by smoked and heavily outplayed by North Rocklands in our opening day. Right. And then uh, about two months later in the season, we tied them, and uh, and we we felt that we outplayed them at at. at we probably caught them a little flat-footed because the day before they had an emotional tie against Suffern. Right. So we played them the next day, and they might have taken us a little light. Um, sure. But regardless, we we uh, played a real strong game against them, and we tied them. So it shows, you know, when you when you have statement wins like that, and every season you hope to have some of those where where you show a lot of progress. So in a game that was really non-competitive against North Rockland, 
we came back and uh, and tied them late uh, late in the season, so it showed a lot of progress. And and so it was a good illustration for the kids to see, you know, all this hard work and all the skating and all the drills and all that other stuff that they don't necessarily always like. Right. Um, but we try to make practice fun, but, you know, there's a lot of work involved too. But it, it pays off and it just makes you a better player. Whether you're a AAA player or a first-year player, all the skating and all the drills is just going to make you a better player as long as you take it seriously. Right. On a side note, I always bring up uh, guys like uh, a guy that I played with, Sean Curtin. Um, he played D1 hockey for, from the Marinick. He went to the Marinick. He graduated with me. But when he played, he would finish the drills way ahead of everybody because he knew that he knew he could coast. And if he coasted and finished the drills, no one was going to scream at him. But he had to push himself harder if he ever wanted to play in college right? Um, because he was so much better than everybody. So mm. I try to illustrate that to our kids that, hey, if you play AAA or if you play a high level, if you're a really fast skater, you should be finishing these drills to the best of your ability, not based on, you know, oh, I'm 10 feet ahead of the guy that just laced them on this year. Right. So it, it, those th- those things we try to, you know, you illustrate and you see in life and then you, you realize what makes some guys much better than others. Um, and and another another illustration is Sergei Zuboff played on our roller hockey team in, in Mamarinek. Wow. And you would think you would think that this guy would just coast. I mean, right. he, could, he could just do, not, do whatever he wanted. He... But he took it so serious. Huh. I mean, and you start realizing the guys, guys on that level, they, if they're playing you in cards, if they're playing you in checkers, you know, to be such an elite, amazing athlete, it's a lot of hard work, and everything is a hundred percent or nothing. It's, yeah. it's not. It's not just goofing around. They'd probably slam dunk on their five year old kid in the driveway <laughs> of the basketball. Hey, you you mentioned Michael earlier, your nephew and Tommy. I saw Tommy last night very briefly. He was at the Suffering Albany Academy game. And I have to say, it was a pleasure interviewing the two of them. Uh, and certainly Michael was always you know very kind to me, very respectful. I um, would always take the time out to ask how I was doing and was a big supporter of mine. So please, when you see him, send him my best. I know he's still in the area. Um you know, based again on your experience, you know, coaching at Mamaroneck and kind of coming up through the ranks and now being with Pearl River, and you talked about the Mamaroneck Championship. You know, I was up in in um, uh, Buffalo for to the Pelham Championship in 2017. I was up in Utica when Suffern won in 2012. I was out of high school when they won in 92, but I still know a lot of those people because I grew up in Suffern. Uh, and even going back to 2007 when Monroe Woodbury won in, you know, states of Orange County. In your opinion, Billy, what's the state of hockey in the Hudson Valley these days? Well, obviously, I think uh, we don't have to say it. It's just a fact that, that Section 1 is as good as any section in the state. Yeah, I would, agree. I would agree. I would agree wholeheartedly. Um, so, uh, you know, there's more rinks, more towns, more teams to play on. There's more, there's more options. There's options for any type of kid. Like, we have a lot of kids who play split season, which is you know, a, a dream for, yeah. for high school coaches. Sure. Now you don't have to look at their schedules and see what conflicts you're having right. with, with the kids that play uh, straight through. Um, and then there's there's the high-level teams, the Hitmen, the Avalanche. So if you can make those teams, you know, you could play at a really high level and get looked at and, and scouted. Um, so, so, you know, yeah, and you have everything in between. So you have house leagues, hopefully, still going on. But, um, you know, kids can find a place to play at their level and how much they want to commit. And then, of course, it's the parents, because the parents are the ones driving. Right. They're the ones paying for it. So, yep. you know, some parents would, would never cough up 12000 for a team. 
and some parents are all in, and they'll they'll gladly do it and fly out to Michigan for tournaments in Detroit and, <laughs> and all those things. So on that on that end, it's it's better. Right. And then, but the flip side is, I don't with all these teams and kids playing. It's weird how we've gotten to a point where there's so many combo teams. Yeah. Um, you know, and then once you become a combo, I mean, you look at all these combo teams. I was at Bronxville. Now Bronxville is Bronxville, East Chester, Tucko. Now I, I see Tuckahoe, Rhinek, North Salem, really small schools. You know, of course they probably can't field a, a team on their own, but teams like Bronxville used to have their own team. East Chester used to have their own team. Almost all of these teams, most of these combo teams had their own teams at some point, and that was at a point where the hockey was less. There was less ranks. There was less. Right, right. Uh, less kids playing and stuff. So, uh, you know, once it, it always seems like once you combine, it's no team that has ever combined has ever split back up. So it's never right. a temporary thing. It's never, hey, we're just low on numbers this year. Let's do it together one or two years, then split up. Now, the other thing is New York doesn't really police it. No. Nope. But I have a friend not like, not like Not like, I was going to say, Connecticut polices it. Um, right. And, and in New Jersey has some pretty strict co-op. Uh, rules too and to add to what you were saying before billy not to cut you off you know um once teams kind of co-op they usually don't break up but also once teams co-op i have yet at least in recent memory to see a co-op team win a championship so yeah that's strange too because i think that's what people were worried about like are, are all these teams going to uh you know just roll right. and and just win it all right. and some of it it's, it's a strange dynamic because you would think that they should but uh maybe it's a maybe it's a a dynamic between you know like the kids on my team they would never want to combine even if it made our team better because they grew up together and the, right. the, the, the fun and the joy of being right. together and playing together is you're in school together you're breaking bread together you've gone to birthday parties when you're seven years old together you know and some of them you weren't friends with and you become friends with and then all those things combined make the high school sports uh, uh you know playing experience a unique yeah. thing and then when you bring in your rivalries from other towns you say okay now we're together i'm sure it's good it's better than not playing at all right but uh but like i said connecticut has cer- certain rules like mm-hmm. if you have 15 returning players coming from one school well you better start budgeting now for yep. that team to be alone yep and and if the other team only has seven well it's it's either tough luck or now you have to find a different team to co-op with so it's right. not going to be this this thing where you co-op with the same team all the time. So there's there's different things that can be done, but it seems like it's largely ignored. It's it's not something that that I probably know every in and out of. Right. I just see it as it's a little bit of a shame. I'd like to see you know schools stand alone if they can or if they can, or try sure, if to. They can. But once you budget, once you once the schools budget for it and say, okay, we only need to budget this much because we're combined with three other schools. Right. Well, now it's now who's Where's the motivation? The, the motivation has to come from outside, I think, because the inside is not going to be motivated right. because they're going to say, well, now we have to pay more money. Sure. Now we have to find our own ice slot. So now when we used to have five o'clock ice slots, we might have a nine o'clock practice slot. So it's, it's, it, there's a lot of moving parts. Yep. It, it's, so in that sense, I wish there was, I wish there was more energy towards moving teams when they can away from mergers and then letting other the really teams that really need to merge merge right i got two and now listen i I wholeheartedly agree with you on a lot of those points two more questions for you billy and then i'll let you go um favorite professional hockey player past or present well 
Chico Resch was was my guy, and I don't even remember why I liked him. I think because he number one, he was a goalie. Yep. And I th- I thought it was so cool that his name was Chico, and then I was sure. like, man, that'd be so cool to have a name like Chico, and he's not even Spanish, but um, <laughs> I don't even. So, but he was, he, you know, and it was a good choice because uh, he was an Islander goalie yep. when they were really good. But Billy Smith was the man. Billy yep. Smith is the one that won the four Stanley Cups as a goalie, and then Chico went to Colorado. Mm-hmm. And then Colorado turns into New Jersey. Sure. So once they turned into New Jersey, I started following New Jersey yep. a lot more than the other teams. And plus, it was really easy to get tickets. Absolutely. And much cheaper. So it still is uh, to all these years later. So then I became a New Jersey Devils fan. I know. This, and was the part, am, this, this is the part and, of the interview yeah, that I dreaded. Yeah. And then, <laughs> but then the, the funny thing is, like, now then Chico became an analyst. and. Yep. Then he, he retired and they gave him, they gave him some, he retired to Minnesota and they gave him as a going away gift, some sort of pontoon boat. Right. And we were just cracking up because all these other guys get like fancy BMWs and really nice cars and things like that. <laughs> and, and he's getting this pontoon boat in Minnesota. And we're like, what the hell is Chico going to do with that stupid boat? But uh, anyway, he did come back and now he's on the radio again, yeah. I guess. I guess staying home with his wife. Nah, he's a, he's a hockey. He he, was be. Billy, he's a hockey guy. He can't stay away. He can't. He stay can't away. stay away. He's such yeah. a nice guy. If you see him at the rinks, he will stop and take a selfie. Sure, he Mo- will never blow anybody. Most off. most hockey guys really are salt of the earth, humble. You know, uh, small town upbringings, values, and whatnot. I've never had a negative experience with a hockey player, whether it's high school, collegiate, semi-pro, or pro. I've been chatting with uh, Billy Collins. He is the bench boss for the Pearl River Pirates. Uh, we're hitting almost like the 34-minute mark here, Billy, so I really do appreciate you taking the time out to chat with me. Um, and I look forward to seeing you at the second weekend of the Pelham uh, Fabulous 21 tournament. And um, best of luck to you and the squad this season, and I'll see you at the rink. Thank you, but you forgot to – what was the last question you were going to ask me? Huh. I don't know. <laughs> if, you were a, if you weren't a hot – Oh, yeah, coach. yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. If you <laughs> – if Billy Collins wasn't a hockey coach, he'd be a fill in the blank. Yeah, I, yeah, and I put this is the one question I actually put thought into. Okay, I thought about it long and hard. Love it. And I said, you know what? I would be an ice cream truck driver. <laughs> Drive that good humor truck. Love ring it. that bell and sell ice cream. Everybody loves yep. the uh, the ice cream truck driver, and no one's giving him phone calls at eleven o'clock at night asking why what, about his route or anything. Right, like or that. the ice time or anything like that. Yeah, okay, you know what? I'll join you. You and I will open our own ice cream truck, and we'll drive around together. Awesome. awesome. All right. Billy, thank you so much for taking the time out. This is your boy, Trav, and you're listening to HV Pucks. Okay, thank you. Thank you. What's happening, y'all? It's your boy, Stephen A. Smith, and y'all listening to the HV Podcast, available for free download on Google Play, iTunes, and SoundCloud. Now back to the show. Hey, Travis Jackson, holler at your boy. Yeah.
this episode for Season 3 comes to an end, it's now time for Stick Taps, where we honor, recognize, and acknowledge individual players, coaches, teams, or hockey-related events and charities. This season, Stick Taps will be brought to you each and every week by H4H, a growing car transport and handyman service company in Rockland and Long Island. Howie and Jesse are service-oriented guys known for providing quality service at competitive prices. For rapid, reliable, and relationship-driven car transport and handyman home improvements, call 516-497-1194. Mention the code 5MinuteMajor and receive a $25 discount off your next car transport service or $100 off your next handyman service appointment. Stick taps out to the Oswego Buccaneer hockey team for honoring women who are fighting or who have lost their battle with ovarian cancer on Tuesday, November 27th. The team wore special teal-colored jerseys. Stick taps out to the Paramus Lindhurst Hackensack High School hockey team for participating in a Toys for Tots toy drive. All proceeds benefit the Hackensack University Medical Center. Stick taps out to the Babson hockey team for raising money by selling t-shirts at their home games versus Skidmore and Hobart to raise money for the family of Ryan Diment, uh, class of 2019, who unfortunately passed away earlier uh, in the month of November. 100% of all sales uh, went directly to the Diment family to help them with uh, the Christmas holiday. Stick taps out to freshman Dante Palumbo of the White Plains Tigers hockey team, who broke the ice hockey school record for most assists in a single game, having seven assists and was only two assists away from a state record. Um, Stick taps out to the St. Augustine Prep ice uh, ice hockey team for joining in the fight uh, to crush cancer as part of the Coaches vs. Cancer South Jersey initiative. Stick taps out to the Webster Schroeder varsity hockey team for hosting a mental health night on Saturday, December 1st. All proceeds benefited the National Alliance on Mental Illness of Rochester. Stick taps out to the Point Pleasant Borough Manchester Cooperative Varsity Hockey Team for collecting canned goods for St. Gregory's Pantry. Stick taps out to forward Dylan Haar of the Ocean Township Shore Regional Cooperative Varsity Hockey Team for earning his 100th career varsity point. Way to go, Dylan. Stick taps out to goaltender Mark Bish of the Toms River Southeast High School Ice Hockey Team as he stopped 56 of 60 shots for a .933 save percentage in a 4-1 loss to Jackson Memorial on Thursday, November 29th. Way to go, Mark. Stick taps out to forward Nick Swain, who uh, joined the 100-point club with a goal and an assist on Thursday, November 29th against Southeast. Nick also becomes the first player in Jackson Memorial history to reach 100 points. Congratulations, Nick. Stick taps out to Coach Lappy of the Bethlehem Varsity Hockey Team on earning his 50th career win in a 3-1 victory over West Genesee on Friday, uh, November 30th. Stick taps out to Coach Brian Riley of the Army West Point Black Knights Hockey Team on earning his 100th career win at Tate rink in a 5-4 victory over Canisius on Friday, November 30th. Stick taps out to Nikki LaBianca as he becomes Jackson Liberty's all-time leading scorer. As of Sunday, December 2nd, 2018, he has 144 points at the time of this recording. I'm sure that he will have even more points now because my man is en fuego. Congratulations, Nikki LaBianca. Stick taps out to the Suffern hockey team as they uh, help less fortunate families in our community by collecting pajamas leading up to their home 
uh, game versus New Rochelle on Friday, December 9th. Stick taps out to the Hillsboro hockey team for dedicating their December 7th game versus Basking Ridge to a local middle school student who is battling cancer. Stick taps out to the Thomas Titans hockey team for hosting an Honor Our Heroes game, which was played on, which will be played on Friday, December 14th versus Arondacoy. All veterans, U.S. military, and first responders will be admitted for free. And if you know of a player, coach, team, or hockey-related event or charity and would like them to receive stick taps in the future, please tweet me at TravJack71 using the hashtag HVPucks. sounds on this episode of HV Pucks. I want to thank my beautiful wife Marisol and my two daughters Juliana and Kayla for their never-ending support, love, patience, and understanding because our family time takes a hit over the next few months as I embark on another exciting hockey season. I love to interact with my followers and fans and you can always find me on Twitter at TravJack71 and on Instagram at 5 underscore min underscore major. And if you like the music you've heard throughout the show, be sure to check out the new full-length album, Out of Time, by Fracture, which is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. The new album maintains the same high level of energy as their debut 2015 EP, Broken Walls. You can also find them on Twitter at Fracture underscore band, on Instagram at Fracture Official, Fracture Band Official on Facebook, and www.fractureofficial.com on the web. The 2019 New York State All-Hair Team is looking to complete its roster. So tweet me a picture at TravJack71 and use the hashtag NewYorkStatePuckFlow to nominate your favorite high school player and or coach. Winners will receive a custom t-shirt. Attention all Section 1 players, coaches, parents, and fans. Peck's Skate Shop is looking for nominees for their Plays of the Month contest. Post your video on Instagram and tag at Pex Skate Shop and use the hashtag Pex Plays of the Month to enter. Each month, one winner will be selected to receive a Pex Skate Shop gift card. I'd also like to give a special thank you to the healthcare law firm of Einiger & Associates, specifically managing partner Scott Einiger, for underwriting Season 3 of HV Pucks. Your continued support is greatly appreciated. This is your boy Trav, a.k.a. 5-Minute Major, And I'll see you at the rink.